Do you have trouble turning off your brain meat at night? I invite you to take a break from your thoughts and listen to ours for a while. This is Overthinking with Steph. Quit overthinking alone, overthinking with Steph is better. We're overthinking together. Yep, that was stupid. Let's come up with a whole new intro. Oh, Steph. <laughs> Islands and the stream. <laughs> I don't even know the words. That is what we are. Can you smell the breath upon the mesh? Circle. I think someone had bad breath when they used this. We're going to go ahead and blame uh, Cassie yeah. or, mm-hmm. or Kaylee. All right. Well, we're going to have to send them a message. We smell grandmother breath on here. Hey, this is like a SNL. Sweaty balls. Juicy. We like juicy, the moist. Moist. That's the balls. worst word, isn't it? Moist. You know what? Moist. I try never to say the word moist. You know the other word? What? Panties. <laughs> And never those two together. I have Wendy Davidson in the studio today. I'm very, very excited to sit down and have a very quick conversation with her while she's on a layover, basically, to where are you going? New Orleans. New Orleans. For what? A board meeting. That sounds way more exciting than being with me. No, it's not. Not at all. Mm -mm. Did I have to pay you to say that? No. (laughs) What did we do today? We went to lunch with my son for his birthday. Good old we, 21. I know. I know. We ate um, literally meat on a slab we, in butcher paper. They didn't even have plates for us. It was just, we'll take a half pound of chicken, and they just gave it to us wrapped up and threw a half of um, loaf of bread in there with it. I'm pretty sure it's how the cavemen used to eat. I think Anders liked it, though. He did. It's a good much. 21st birthday. Mm-hmm. Then we did a little headshot session, some whiteboarding. And had some life talks. I know we have a lot of things we can talk about because we've known each other for how long? I kind of want to give a little backstory of how we know each other. Four years. Four years. Is it coming up on four years? I know. Yeah. Um, New, old, we don't know. We don't know what we are. We're, we're good friends. We're family. Family. And the thing is, right when I met Wendy, it was through Women's Food Service Forum, but we really didn't connect until I did your media shots um, in 2016, <laughs> and you literally were stuck with me for a full day. Mm-hmm. We were in lifts, um, we were in Chicago, and had to find a couple places to shoot. February in Chicago. In February in Chicago. Beautiful, warm February <laughs> in Chicago. It was freezing. <laughs> and we spent the entire day talking, hanging out, of course getting photos, but I remember one moment specifically where we were sitting in the back of an Uber, I was telling you about my family story and a little bit of backstory on what my upbringing was. And I don't typically tell people that right off the bat, especially you were a client back then. And so to open up and to feel completely comfortable with you right from the start is so rare. And I remember you just listening to me. And in that moment, I felt like there was a connection made um, that I'm not used to. And I think it was a year after that, you were like, come over, come over to my house with my family and we're gonna have Christmas together and you're gonna have new traditions. And I was used to kind of spending it either on a solo adventure, I would go to Aruba by myself over Christmas, over the holidays, or I would just spend it in my loft with my puppy. And so to get that invite shortly after meeting you, it, it shifted my view on being accepted not being tolerated, um, and really supported and having that family dynamic. And as much as I love my parents and my family, 
there had to be those boundaries established in order for me to not just survive, but to thrive. And I think throughout this healing process and, and self-care for myself, you and Thor and the kids have really helped me um, to heal. But not only personally, you have helped me, um, you've been my mentor with business and oh. growing that. Now, I, you know, it, well, two things I would say to that. One is that uh, as you know, I have an insane love of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, seven Christmas trees. Seven Christmas trees. <laughs> I, I, I just, everything about the holiday, the, the smells, the music, the, it's sort of a magical time of year where you have this chance to sort of step back from every day. Everything is just a little bit more sparkly and a little bit more special and a little bit unique during Christmas season. Something about it. And I have these great memories growing up where my mom made Christmas really special. Mm-hmm. We would bake cookies and we always got together as family. And I've been a big believer that that time of year is a time to just be with people. Yeah. And um, those people don't always have to be family that you're born into, but it's the family that you choose. We actually do, as you know, mm-hmm. we do a big Christmas cookie baking event every year and we've done it probably for 15 years now families um, come over the kids friends come over and we bake cookies and we make ornaments and we just spend a day sort of just stepping away from the busyness of the holiday and just spend time with people but so I love Christmas and I'm more than happy to share Christmas with anybody Mm -hmm. but there was something the day that you and I spent wandering the city um you know I, I I love people and you know that but there's something special about you Steph and that day, I, and I've always described it as you were my new, old, I don't know, friend, <laughs> that just felt like we had known each other a long time, and yet we were just getting a chance to get, in, get to know each other. Right. And um, really, really super special. And you've been a tremendous add to our family um, and a great person in my life. That means a lot. I think that the reason this, this conversation is important, too, is because... I was telling um, I was telling the team the other day that there are a lot of shows out there and movies, and at the end of these movies where maybe the, the family isn't supportive, at the end of it, they tie it up in this nice bow where, you know, they're embracing at the end, and then they're, they're loving, you know? Oh, is and that a Hallmark movie? So it definitely was a Dolly Parton Netflix movie, <laughs> <laughs> but she's a huge supporter of I the LGBT community. Really she's phenomenal. So there was one episode where, um, at the end of it, the family embraced and they were accepting of, of the gay couple. And I was thinking, I'm like, that doesn't always happen for a lot of us. And I feel like there needs to be a show or a movie where it shows that maybe that might not happen. And maybe you have to learn how to make traditions on your own over Christmas. And, you know, whether that looks like being by yourself in a loft with your dog and baking cookies and turning on music and really enjoying that alone time too and and trying not to be hard on yourself that you don't have your family around. It's so hard, but I think a lot of people need encouragement if they haven't found their chosen family yet to be okay with making traditions and memories on your own too. You know, I I think it's really important for people to take that Hallmark movie version out of their heads because it sets this unrealistic expectation 
for how life is going to be. Life's messy. Mm -hmm. Life's messy, and it doesn't always work out the way that you think it will. There's the movie that you play in your head as a kid of what life's going to look like. As a mom, there's the movie you play in your head of what your kids' lives will be like, and it's just messier than you think it will be. Mm -hmm. I I would choose to go into it with, what am I looking for that will fill my cup? Mm. And it's the people who will accept me who I am, who will laugh with me and at me with me, mm-hmm. who will make memories with me and who accept me regardless of what I do for a living, where I live, what I look like, who I am. Right. They just want to spend time together. Right. So um, that's what we've chosen is to for our kids to view holidays or family are the people who really just enjoy each other, mm-hmm. whether they're by blood or by marriage or just by choice Mm -hmm. they're people who truly just support and love each other and just want to enjoy right just want to live life and accept each other you are a huge ally for our community and what you're doing at kellogg's with k pride and allies i know we talked about that through the promote love video a couple years ago you talked about what's on the inside of a candy bar and do you remember do you remember Mm -hmm. saying that and then you talked today about the dr seuss book yeah, so every January I speak at a, um, at a college leadership summit uh, with a group of college students. They take a class and they bring in faith leaders, but they bring in business leaders, and it's really helping them navigate their really journey to purpose. And they ask each of us to share our story. And over the last, I've done it for four years, over the last four years, my message has changed a little bit, but directionally pretty much in the same vein. This year I turned 50. So I'm 50. 50 50 years old. I like to kick and shimmy (laughs) and kick. So just a second while my my joints ache, but but I turned 50. And so as I thought about what messages I would want to share with the kids, it was almost looking back when I was 20, what would be the lessons that I wish I'd known Mm -hmm. when I was 20 that I know today? And I think I picked six that I shared with them. But the biggest part of it was around reshaping the people that you connect with. Mm. Everybody comes into life with filters. Uh, You can't help it. Everyone has bias. And your bias is based on the experiences that you've had in your life. It shapes the way you think. Mm -hmm. So the only way to ensure that your experiences shape beliefs that really are wide-ranging is to ensure that you connect with people who will enrich your life with multiple experiences mm. so that you open this sort of aperture of, of people that you'd be affiliated with. When I was in, you know, I grew up in a very small town in Iowa. I went to college and ran into people that I otherwise would have had no affiliation with. And then I studied abroad when I was in college, and that opened things up even further. And Mm -hmm. then when I went into the business world, I worked in Asia, I worked in Latin America, opened it up even further. The more people came into my life, it added experiences that reshaped my beliefs about other people and about their their motives and their backgrounds and who they were. Right. And it made my life richer. Mm. So as a mom... Um, but also as a business leader, I think it's really important that we give people experiences that help them to frame beliefs that will allow them to be as open and as accepting to people as possible. Right. Um, 
there's a book that we read to our kids. You mentioned Dr. Seuss. So mm-hmm. one of my favorite bo- Dr. Seuss books is The Sneetches. Mm-hmm. And The Sneetches, the, the pr- sort of premise of the book is they have these star-bellied Sneetches. And the star-bellied Sneetches are a bit arrogant. You know, they have stars on their bellies, and so they're a bit uh, arrogant about the fact that they're special compared to those that don't. And then there's this man that comes to town, and he's got this machine that will put stars on your belly. <laughs> so all the non-star-bellied Sneetches get stars upon the Mm-hmm. And so then those that had stars on their bellies are like, no, we want to take them off. So he, of course, has a machine that will take them off as well. And it ends up with this confusion of, well, who really had a star on their belly in the first place and who didn't? And it's sort of a funny way of saying, well, it really isn't about what's on the outward appearance that matters and tells the difference between us because at our core, we're more alike than we are different. Right. Uh, it's always been really important to my kids um, and for me to make it important for them to know that at the core, it really isn't about what we look like on the outside or who we are on the outside. It's the core of what we are in the middle. Right. Um, I grew up Roman Catholic. I went to Baptist Bible study when I was in high mm-hmm. school. I went to a Lutheran college. When we moved to Baltimore, our kids went to Episcopalian school. Most of their friends were Jewish. Um, we now raise our kids Lutheran, so we've sort of been all around the, the horn. Right. And what we've told our kids is it's so much more important to me that it isn't about the wrapper on the candy bar. It's about that soft, nuggety middle mm-hmm. that really matters. And yeah. at the core, we're all a lot more alike than we are different, right. um, whether it's our faith, whether it's our beliefs, whether it's our cultures. I know people who... You know, my husband's family's Norwegian. Thor's family's Norwegian. Mm-hmm. They have these great traditions of music and song and food um, and dance. Mm-hmm. My family's Irish, so we have these great family traditions of song and food and dance and music. Yep. Well, at the core, those really aren't that different. It's just the type of music, the type of food, the type of dance might be different. Mm-hmm but it's still the same thing. Right. We all enjoy this sort of holistic sensory experience. And if we sought the things that make us more alike than the things that make us different, I think we would find that we would be a whole lot richer. Yeah, I think sometimes it's it's hard to see past the things that stand in our way, the things that are different. And, you know, life is short. There are, there are times where I wish I could tell my family, this is not important. These things are not important. Um, there's so much more to me that you're missing out on. And I think that a lot of people that have followed my story, and my, they might feel the same way, where there's so much more to them that, you know, the focus being on, oh, they're gay. You know, the funny part is <laughs> no one really ever says to me, oh, so you're straight. That yeah, doesn't, right. that's not the first topic that we ever talk about is, so tell me about who you're married to. Right. Um, which is always what I find interesting when somebody talks about someone's gay lifestyle. Mm -hmm. No one refers to my marriage as my lifestyle. And it automatically (laughs) puts like this wall up and I'm like, there's so many other things. No, Thor's just my life. (laughs) It's my life. It's my lifestyle. Yeah, I know. I, um, and we don't have a gay agenda. I mean, I, I have an agenda, but (laughs) it's mostly to just be a good human being, but, um, to be a good human. That's it. Shouldn't you know, it, it, seems, it seems so basic and easy, but you're an amazing parent. I love your kids so much. They have... I don't know if they <laughs> say I'm an amazing parent. I, I've talked to them separately. <laughs> they do. <laughs> 
Um, I think I'm going to need that in triplicate. Please. <laughs> Do you have um, a message for parents out there if they were listening, whether that's my parents or other parents who really are a little bit more closed-minded? Maybe it's not hatred, but closed-minded and have pushed their kids away um, and have been missing out. Do you? Do you have a message for maybe the parents? You know, I have a hard time with this because the the mom in me says that when I look at my kids, no matter whatever they went through or would go through in their lives, there is nothing that would separate me from them. At the end of the day, I choose them no matter what. So there's a part of me that is just angry at parents that wouldn't choose to have their children in their life. I, um, I just don't, I don't understand that. But you mentioned earlier why I'm a strong out ally. So I grew up in a really tiny town in Iowa and grew up in a, a pretty conservative background. We talked about that in um, our video mm-hmm. before. And I've had family members and friends who distance themselves from us not because of anything we'd ever said, but I think it was sort of the visual of our life. Uh, you know, married, two kids, two dogs and a cat. Um, I think it was sort of this view of, well, the nature of that must mean that we were fairly conservative in our beliefs. And what I have realized is that it's really important for me to be openly supportive because my voice will carry more because I don't have anything to gain from being an out ally and so uh, my voice matters and so I need to be openly supportive just like as a woman it means more when male executives support women in leadership because they have nothing to gain from the argument Mm. I have the same responsibility uh, to support so we've since I've been fairly vocal we have since had friends and family members come back into our lives who have said, well, I never really thought you'd be supportive. And -hmm. I've realized, well, it's as important for me to be openly out as an ally as Mm -hmm. it is for them to be supported and being openly out to be authentically who they are. So I would say to parents, choose your family. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. At the end of the day, you only have one life and you only have one family and I can't imagine not wanting to know what my kids, what's going on in their lives. Right. But I would also say for the families that don't choose that, then you're welcome at our house for Christmas. <laughs> you might have a lot of <laughs> followers now that show up at your house for cookie baking, Wendy. <laughs> so my podcast is called Overthinking with Steph. So I always close with one thing. I know you're, you are nonstop. I know I go a lot, but you juggle a lot of things and you do it in a way that seems effortless, but that can't always be the case. I know that's maybe what it looks like to, well, I'm a hot mess. (laughs) We all are. That's the best part is like, how do we keep it together? Right? Like what, what brings you, well, first of all, where do you go to find peace you know, where, where do you find um, that space in your life? Where do you make that space to, like, breathe for a second? Do you have, like, a routine or anything that – that's not what we're going to close with, but that's a question that I'm dying to know. When, uh, when the weather is nice in Chicago, uh, it's usually outside. 
-hmm. It is walking or running because it's time when I can't be on my phone and I can't be on technology. So I can only be in my head. And and, and all I can really ever hear is either the music in my headphones or the pounding on my feet. And that allows me to be able to escape. Sometimes I just hear the voices in my head. What do we do about that? (laughs) Well, as long as I can hum along with the voices in my head, then we're all good. They sometimes sing with me. It's just when they disagree with me. That's (laughs) when I have a problem. What keeps you up at night? What's the one thing, even if it's reoccurring, maybe not, but what, when you go to sleep and you wake up in that like panic, what keeps you up at night? What do you worry about? Is this all there is? Mm. Do you want to elaborate on that? That's really good. There are moments where I will um, list off in my head in the middle of the night all of the things that I haven't done. And I wonder is, is this all there's going to be? Mm. And is it enough? Mm. You know, when I, the year I turned 40 was the year I was on my sabbatical and I made a list of all the things I ever wished I'd had time to do. So I did this crazy bucket list of adventures. This past year, I did my 50 by 50. So it was a list of things that I wanted to do or experience before I turned 50 of which you were a part of some of those. (laughs) And they were ways that I stretched myself that I hadn't really thought about. But when I look at those, those sometimes feel like I'm checking the box on things that I just want to do. But at the end of my life, is this really all it's going to be? So where I think probably in the last couple of years, I've been thinking if I really wanted to make an impact in this world, Mm am I making the impact where I think I should be making an impact? And if not, then what? I don't have the answer to the question. Right. And that's what keeps you up at night. Now, what, if you weren't spending your time doing, you're on several boards, you're running a major, oh my gosh, Kellogg's. I mean, it's, everyone has Kellogg's in their home. I have since I I was a child. I hope they do. I do right now. I've, (laughs) I've Cheez-Its, I've got Eggos, I've got a whole smattering of it all. If you weren't doing what you are doing, right, what you're doing right now and spending your time doing this, what would you, what other life would you be living? I know if your family, your kids are all still there, but what would you spend your time doing? If money were no object, yep. I got asked uh, in a leadership assessment once, if money was no object, would I want to work in a circus? Mm. And I remember having to leave the room to go ask the facilitator well, I need a clarification. Would I be in the circus or would I be running the circus? Mm. Because if money were no object, I might want to run a circus. Mm. Just that seemed kind of interesting. And yeah. she told me I was overthinking it. <laughs> so uh, I think if, if, if I could do anything, um, I probably would want to be an author. Wow. I didn't know that. Really? What would you start writing about? What would be your first... What topic would you tackle? They would be novels, just stories. Really? When the kids were little, I used to put them to sleep by making up stories. So they would say, Mom, tell me a story. Mm-hmm. And we would either continue on a story that I had told, or I would have them pick just a random topic, and then I would make up characters and a storyline attached to those. And sometimes it would go on for 30 or 45 minutes. 
But I loved the idea of creating something that didn't exist before and telling the story. Yeah. And I always tried to wrap those stories up with some sort of purpose or message or some sort of lesson tied to it. That was relatable to them. Mm -hmm. So I think if I were to do anything, it would be to just sort of take what was in my head and put it down on paper. I don't know if anybody would ever buy it. I would. But I, um, but that's what I would probably do. Do you think your kids could be permanent? Do you think your kids remember any of those stories? I know Brenna does because she remembers that there's a caterpillar story that she remembers that we talk about. Did you ever record any of them or write them down after? Mm -hmm. So they really just lived in that moment between the three of you. I love that. Yeah, there was like, you know, there was a princess that lived inside a candy bar castle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There was a caterpillar that turned into a butterfly but lost his friends along the way because he turned into something that they didn't recognize. And so it was this idea of change. And so, yeah. Those would be good, like, children's books, too. I don't know. I might be the only one that would read them. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that about being an author. I love that. There's still time. You never know. That's right, because I have 50 more years You still have 50 more years. 50 plus. (laughs) You're good. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for... Thanks for spending today. Just thank you for existing and being in my life. You're so... You're wonderful. I love you. My friend. Love you, too. All righty. We're signing off. Overthinking with Steph. (laughs) I've never ended a show like that. Well, hey, thanks for overthinking with Steph. Can't wait to hear from you on the social. So make your way over to at Steph's podcast on Twitter and tell me your thoughts. Catch the breakdown on Patreon where we get into the nitty gritty and overthink the conversations in this episode. Until next time, keep creating scenarios that will never actually happen and live your one damn life. Don't you hate it when you wake up first thing in the morning? Mind is stirring. It's a red. Overthink it with Steph. Cool your jets. Go to bed. Get out of your Sweaty balls. Tender. <laughs> Nothing worse than dry balls. Dry, itchy balls. Yes. Mm. Choose. <laughs> you know the best word to say out loud? Booger. Booger. You, How about can't, you can't say booger without laughing. Booger. 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 How do you uh, get a handkerchief to dance? <gasps> you put a little boogie oh. in it. That was a dad <laughs> joke for sure. For sure. I hope this is even recording.